Hello, this is Pastor Ryan Clark. You are listening to a message from St. John's Lutheran Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope there was a time that you and and uh, your loved ones could could get together and exchange some presents. I know we had a really great time in the Clark House uh, as all of our kids, not at the same time, but all of them eventually uh, got back and we got to exchange presents. And even our dog, Alfred, got a present this year. What did he get? He got Pro Dental Chews. I guess you could say it was a present not only to him because he likes the taste of them, but it was a present to us because it takes away some of the bad doggy breath. But it says right there on the package that this is not to be used as regular food, just as a snack. And so uh, he got these on Monday. I think we gave him one on Monday. We gave him one on Tuesday. And you can't see it up there, but in the corner, it says count 43 of them. So there's 43 in the package. On Wednesday, we had a great day together as a family. We went uh, to the Arboretum in Chaska. We saw all the beautiful lights, had a great time as a family, came home. We were tired by then. And so uh, we all got ready for bed. I had just gotten under the covers and my son walks in holding this. Like I said, there's supposed to be 43 of them. Minus the two that we gave him, he had somehow gotten these, torn the package apart, and ate 41 pro-dental chews. He was not doing well. This is a picture of what he looked like. Over the next 12 hours, he proceeded to vomit all over our house, all over Josh's room, the front entryway to a the uh, living room, everywhere, he was doing really, really badly. I thought, what are you doing? 40 what? Pro-dental chews? On a positive note, he had really great breath. Until he started vomiting. But he was not doing well. And I had the thought, he doesn't know what's good for him. He doesn't know what's good for him. We had to call poison control. We called the vet, you know, to make sure that he wasn't going to die. Josh, the next day, had basketball practice. The last thing he said is, Mom, make sure he doesn't die before I get home. He was in really rough shape. But I'm happy to say that over about a 12-hour period of time when he was really sick, he started to get better after that and, uh, and is doing just fine now. But this whole idea that Alfred didn't know what was good for him. It's interesting that that happened this week because if you look in our Old Testament passage for this week, the people of Israel did not know what was good for them. In Jeremiah chapter 42, it says, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. If you stay in this land of Israel, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you, for I have relented concerning the disaster I have inflicted 
upon you. Just a little bit of background. So during this time, the Israelites were under the leadership of the Babylonian army. Well, a few of those Israelites had decided that they were going to take it uh, under their own power to deal with this. And they slaughtered a bunch of the Babylonian leaders. And so the rest of the Israelites are thinking, oh no, now the Babylonian army is going to come and they're going to slaughter us. We got to get out of Jerusalem. And so they came up with this plan. We're going to go down to Egypt. We'll be safe there. Well, the Lord through his prophets said this, Day, day, I will be there to protect you. He says, do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I'm with you. I will save you and deliver you from his hands. I will show you compassion so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your land. He's saying, you don't need to worry about the king of Babylon. You just stay put. I've got good counsel for you. Listen to me. You don't know what's good for you. I do. But sad to say, the Israelites, as they did so often, did not listen to God and to his prophets. And they packed up their stuff and they went down to Egypt. Out of fear, they made a very bad decision. And in our Old Testament lesson for today, it says, woe to these obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, keeping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. He's saying, you're making a bad decision. He goes on to say, but Pharaoh's protection will be to your shame. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. Though they have officials in zone and their envoys have arrived in Ains, everyone will be put to shame because of a people useless to them who bring neither help nor advantage, but only shame and disgrace. You see, what the Israelites didn't know that God knew was that Egypt was next. They were going to be the next people that were going to be destroyed. And if the Israelites just would have stayed put and listened to the Lord instead of gone down to Egypt, they wouldn't be destroyed with them. But like I said, unfortunately, they didn't listen to the Lord and his good advice. For these are rebellious people, deceitful children, children unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. Kind of a sad story, isn't it? But as I was thinking about that this week, I had a couple of questions that went through my head. The first one is this, do I trust the Lord's instruction? Do I trust that it's gonna be good for me if I follow his instructions? And secondly, am I willing then to follow the Lord's instructions? Those are good questions, aren't they? And as we begin this new year, 
it's something for us to think about. Do I trust him? Because the Bible is crystal clear that he is trustworthy. In Job chapter 12, it says, to God belong wisdom and power, counsel and understanding are his. He has an understanding and a counsel that is far bigger and far beyond ours. He gives good counsel. All of his counsel is good when we seek him. In Proverbs 3, you know this one, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding like the Israelites did, but in all your ways submit to him and his counsel and he will make your path straight. I love this passage from Psalm 32. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and I will watch over you. Those are great words. He's saying over and over again, I'm trustworthy. And as we just looked in Isaiah 9 last week, looking at Christmas, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called all of these names, one of which is our wonderful counselor, the one who gives good counsel so that we'll make good decisions, not decisions that will harm us. Alfred, he made one really bad decision. He was naughty. He was following after the appetites inside of him, and it didn't turn out well for him. The Israelites were the same. They were following their own wisdom, thinking that that was going to be good for them, but it didn't turn out well. When all along, they had a wonderful counselor that if they would have sought him and listened to him, they would have been okay. In Romans chapter 8, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? In other words, if God loved you and I so much that he would send his own son on that first Christmas down here to a world that he knew was going to reject him, and hurt him, and kill him. If he loved you and me that much that he would do that so that all of our sins would be washed away, is there anything he wouldn't do for us? Is there any time that he would give us bad counsel? And the answer is no. He would never do that. All we have to do is look at the cross and see how much he loves us. We can trust him. He is a God that you and I can trust. And so the question is, are you willing to trust him and follow his counsel in this coming year? And for the remainder of this message, this is what we're going to be talking about, how to make good decisions in 2024. We don't want to be like Alfred. And we don't want to be like those Old Testament Israelites, and you and I don't have to be. We don't know what's coming down the pike for this coming year, but we know that we've got a good counselor to help us through it. Number one, how to make good decisions in 2024. Number one, and this is so important, stop. Blow down, 
Don't make rash decisions in fear. Very important. It says in 1 John 4, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You and I don't have to fear. You say, well, I believe that God gives good counsel, but I've done so many wrong things. How do I know he's going to be there for me? That's what the cross is all about. He's not counting your sins against you. There's nothing to fear. You don't have to make decisions in fear. And by the way, I've learned the hard way over and over again in my life that every decision that I make based upon fear is always the wrong one. It's always the wrong one. God is not a God of fear. In fact, just the opposite. He's a God of peace. Sometimes we get really nervous and we say, I don't know what to do. I'll just do this. And that almost always turns out wrong. So number one, stop, slow down. You don't have to make any decision based upon fear. If you fear, if you have fear inside of you, stop. Don't make a decision. Wait on the Lord. Secondly, go before the Lord and ask him for wisdom. That may sound obvious, but we don't always do it, right? In James chapter one, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. I love these words. He says he always gives wisdom to those who ask without finding fault. In other words, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how many times you've blown it or how many times you've sought after your own counsel, your own wisdom. If you decide this time to go before the Lord and ask him for wisdom, he will always be generous and give you the wisdom that you need to make good decisions in this year to come. So go before him. Don't leave that amazing gift sitting there on the table. So stop. Don't make rash decisions in fear. Go before the Lord. Ask him for wisdom. Number three is really important. Consult the word of God. Many of the decisions that you and I have to make will be decided once we do that. Why? Well, because it tells us in 2 Timothy 3, from infancy, you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has given us the Scriptures to make us wise. Now, the number one message of the Bible is so that we would be wise for salvation, that we would see in Scripture Jesus Christ as the one who lived a perfect life, died on that cross, rose again, so that in him we would find our Savior. But Jesus isn't the only message in the Bible. There's a whole lot of wisdom 
for living life well and making good decisions. All we got to do is open up the pages. There's a lot there. You know, I was thinking about it this week that a lot of the decisions that we make have to do with relationships, don't they? And a lot of those decisions that we have to make would not be hard decisions if we would go to the Word of God because a lot of those relationship questions that we have are answered very clearly in the Word of God. Like this, should I be intimate with my boyfriend or girlfriend before we get married? You don't have to wrestle with that decision. The answer is no. No. You say, well, we're living in 20, almost 2024, pastor. But God hasn't changed. He's the exact same as he's always been. His rules are the same. He gives good counsel. He says, don't do that until you get married. Should I date or marry this person even though he or she is an unbeliever? The answer is a resounding no. The Bible says clearly, don't be unequally yoked with someone that is an unbeliever. Do you trust him that this wisdom that he's given thousands of years ago is still good? It's still good counsel. In my 21 years of being a pastor, I've seen all of these amazing, most of them are women, amazing women that come to the church, never with their husbands. Because many years ago, they made a decision to marry this guy that didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And now for decades, they're a, a church widow sitting there all by themselves. God wants something more for us than that. Should I move in with my boyfriend or girlfriend? You don't have to ask that question. The Bible tells you, no, that's not the order of things. You get married, then you move in together. That wisdom that he gave 2,000 years ago is still good. It's still wise. It's good counsel. Should I pursue this extramarital affair? I hope not. You don't have to. God's got something better for you if you just trust him. Should I divorce my spouse? The answer is no. Do everything you can to not have to go through that. It's not going to be as easy as you think it's going to be. God's got wisdom for us in the Word of God. If we'll just believe it, trust Him, and follow Him. Good wisdom. Every one of us have this rebel inside of us, right? We don't want to be told what to do. We don't want to have authorities tell us what to do. We certainly don't want him sometimes telling us what to do. But remember, everything he tells us to do is for our good. And as we begin this new 2024, it's an opportunity for us to start over and say, God, I haven't been trusting you. I've been doing my own thing, and it hasn't really worked out that well for me. I'm ready to trust you now. I was thinking about this in our Old Testament lesson for today. There's an irony here. Remember, 
hundreds of years before this, the people of Israel were praying and asking God, get us out of Egypt. Get us out of this slavery. And God answered their prayer and sent Moses and got them out on the Passover and through the Red Sea out into the desert and eventually to the promised land. And now hundreds of years later, here's God's people going, let's get out of the promised land. Let's go back to Egypt. And I thought, sometimes we do the same thing. If you believe in Jesus Christ and have been baptized, all of your sins are forgiven. The shackles have come off. You and I aren't in slavery to Satan any longer. But sometimes in our heads, we think, you know, those things that God has said not to do, they're going to bring me the happiness, joy, and contentment that I'm looking for. But they won't. It's bad counsel. God gives good counsel. Don't go back to Egypt. You're free of that now. It's time to live free, following Jesus and his good counsel. So don't make decisions in fear. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Consult the word of God because a lot of your decisions will be made just by consulting that. And then number four, set aside time to seek the Lord's wisdom. If the specific thing that you're asking you can't find in the word of God, here's the good news. Back to Isaiah 30 from today, it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. I've always loved this passage because even in the Old Testament, God is pointing forward to his Holy Spirit that he was going to send after Jesus died and rose again. And Jesus talked about the Spirit. He said, all this I've spoken to you while I was still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. If you believe in Jesus Christ and have been baptized, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you and he is the ultimate counselor. He's living inside of you and he wants to teach you everything that you need. All you got to do is ask him. So you check the word of God and you say, I still don't know if I should keep this job or if I should, or if I should, uh, if I should get this other job. I don't know if we should move or if we should stay. Oh, that's right. I've got a counselor living inside of me. Holy Spirit, give me good counsel. Help me to know what I am to do in this particular situation. Set aside time to seek the Lord's wisdom. If you don't set aside time, it's probably not going to happen. It's been my practice for most of these 20 plus years of being a pastor to find a day or two that I can get away at the beginning of the year and this coming week. I'm planning on doing it for about 36 hours, getting away just with the Lord, with my Bible, with my guitar, spend time with him and let him speak into my life things about 2024 for the church, for my family, for all the other responsibilities that I have. And I would strongly suggest if you have things that you don't have wisdom on as of yet, 
that you would do the same as well. And finally, number five, once you have called out to him, set aside time to seek him and to seek his face and to seek his wisdom, know that he heard you. You may not have your answer right away, but know that he heard you and wait on his answer. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable sometimes, but go back to number one. Don't make rash decisions in fear. Wait on him. He's, he's got perfect timing. Back to Isaiah 30. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. What is repentance? Repentance is doing just what we've been talking about. Going before him and saying, Lord, I've been making my own decisions. I've been using my own wisdom, which is no wisdom at all. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Now I want to follow you. And when you do that, he washes away all of your sins. He doesn't care about all that stuff that you did wrong in the past. All he cares about is right now. In repentance and then resting in him, waiting on him is your salvation in quietness and trust is your strength. That's where you're going to find it in this coming year. And I love these words also from Isaiah 30. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. That's who he is. He wants to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is the God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Blessed are all those who wait for him. When I go to the Lord and I'm asking him, Lord, what should I do in this particular situation? And I don't get an answer right away. I always speak out loud this passage. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Blessed are you, Ryan, if you wait for him. God is good. He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever as we sang in our opening hymn here today. And he has great counsel. Don't be like Alfred. Don't just follow the appetites inside of you. Follow the Lord. Jesus made it possible that we could do that. And he has given us his word, which is wisdom. And he's given us his Holy Spirit, who's a great counselor. Don't leave those things on the table. May God grant it to each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from St. John's Lutheran Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. If you would like more information about St. John's and any of our ministries to our community and beyond, you can go to our website, www.stjohnsbuffalo.org. Thank you and God bless you.